here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Damon, the G1 is finally over. How are you feeling? Well, it is over, and it's there, it is a time of reflection and a time where uh, you think back to what your life was a few weeks ago before G1. Um, I know a lot of people. This was their first one, and they've made it through. So, congratulations to you if this is your first one. I'm sure you'll be back for more because this was incredible. It's it's always it's just an amazing couple of weeks of pro wrestling. Um, it's my favorite time of the year, and and, and I feel good. I feel uh, I'm tired right now. <laughs> a little a little long night, um, but uh, I think everybody our bodies can recover and we can kind of get back to our normal daily lives and not have to wake up at two o'clock in the morning every fucking day. Yeah, it's kind of strange with it all being over, having to go back to my real life and not have this whole world of wrestling to immerse myself in. But it will be a welcome change having to actually have free time and, you know, spend time with a wife and things like that. Yeah, usually uh, relationships do get strained during this time if you're a fan and the significant other is not. It It, it is a... Uh... It is that. And then there's always the challenge of like your schedule, right? Because if one thing goes astray, like if, you know, oh, remember, we have Uncle Jim's birthday we got to go to. And you're like, fuck, I got to watch this. I got to watch a show. And, and then you, you, it, it, once you get one behind, it's, it's tough to catch up. Like it's hard to binge watch unless you're just watching the tournament matches, which a lot of people do. And I do for the most part. I, every once in a while, I'll catch the undercards. But you know the feedback that I got, and even the stuff that I've I've watched, where the undercards weren't bad. You know, they they all had there, there was all purpose, um, even more so than leading up to the matches the next day in, in their particular block. I like this G one a lot, Joel. I um I you know again maybe it's the newness factor and it's the recency bias as we like to say, but I I really enjoyed this man. I thought this was an easy watch. You know, bullshit aside, there's plenty of stuff that we're fucking going to be able to hand wave. But I thought this was, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's one of my favorite ones that I can ever remember. Yeah, I will stand by my comments that I made last time where I said, on average, I don't think the match quality has been as high as it was last year, but the matches have peaked higher. There have been more five-star classics this year than there were last year. So, I can put up with the, the shenanigans in the the uh, Tongan matches and all that crap if it means that we get brilliant matches. And we certainly did. Yeah. I mean, right off the top of our heads, you could probably go f- four 
classics, right? At least four classics. Um, you know, and that's that's without even trying to come up with a list. Um, and I, I would probably say you're probably getting closer to five or six with just a little bit of effort. Uh, I mean, legitimate classics that you're that you you forget just because there's there's so many of them. Um, you know, and even even this, you know, the semifinals and the finals. You know, you're adding two more fantastic matches to the list, um, and it gets it gets crazy when you think about it. How many legitimate, not even debatable, how many legitimate five star matches we have we have witnessed in you know a mere two weeks? That's fucking mind boggling to me, and and the fact that they can do it consistently, and it, and it you know it's it is the usual suspects. You're you know. Uh, Abushis and your Ishis and your Omegas and yeah, you know, but then you had a couple people sprinkled in there too. Your Elgins, your Godos. Um, it's just an amazing run. It's just a, just a, it's an amazing thing that what they can do physically. Um, and we forget that you know these guys are getting into a bus, traveling to city to city. It's a hundred and something degrees out. You know Fahrenheit. Um, what about twenty something? You know, Celsius, I don't, we're terrible. We're Americans. We don't know that stuff. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, that's got to be draining on them. Um, and these buildings are hot. The, the feedback I'm getting back um, is that these buildings are, are, are baking hot. It's like being in an oven for crying out loud. And they do it every night. It's, it's, again, I don't, I don't want to sit here and have it be a New Japan circle jerk, but if it's, if it's ever, if it's ever going to happen, it's going to be now because it, we just witnessed some of the greatest pro wrestling that, you know, we'll see in our lifetime. Yeah, you do get the feeling that this is going to be the sort of tournament you look back on in 10 years or 20 years or whatever and say, oh, that G1 Climax 28, that was something special. Because I've given out three five-star matches, and I don't do that very often. No. I try and keep those for matches that really deserve it. But I, I felt I had no choice in these three matches. You know, with the five-star matches, it's the sort of thing, when it finishes, you know it's five stars. Mm. You know, there's no two ways about it. And that's what I gave. So we'll get on to talking about which ones got my five-star ratings. So before we get into the G1 itself, let's warm Damon up a bit by asking him questions that might make him slightly uncomfortable. Oh, first one. Okay. <laughs> oh, you know, no. People seem to seem to like to ask you questions about, you know, dating and uh, relationships. They and don't. Things, things like that. Well, listen, I think I, they just enjoy hearing you squirming on air. To be honest, I think I think it's probably m- more accurate. But listen, I, I got a little, I got a couple years under my belt, Joel. Um, you know, we have a lot of younger listeners. Maybe they have uh, uh, relationship issues or dating issues or uh, you know problems with the, their partners. Uh, you know, I'm here to help. I'm here to I'm here to um, to uh, get them through a rough patch or give them some advice, some sage advice. Uh, yeah, all right, fire away. Let's go. Okay, first question. I think you're going to hate this question, but it did make me laugh. So you don't have to answer it. I just want just your immediate gut response to it. Just say the first thing that comes into your head. Oh boy. Okay. This is a question. This is a question from Noah's penis. Uh, all right. What is the hunkiest arena NJPW has ever run? <laughs> um, I will say uh, Sumo Hall. Sumo Hall. Um, it's it's a gorgeous building. Lots of history. Uh, I'm going. I'm going sumo hall. Okay, I'm going to have to stop here. Well, I'm not going to stop the recording, but I've got some people commenting last week that 
I totally no sold Scampy when he was meowing. Uh, I was in the middle of ranting about a match. So he is outside the door now. So I'm going to go and let Scampy in. Okay. But before I do, I'm going to ask you my second question, which is from uh, Stu on. You're getting married, and for some reason, you can only choose New Japan wrestlers to be your best man and at least two groomsmen. Also, hello, Scampy. <laughs> I'm picking Scampy first. Scampy's, Scampy is, is uh, he's in the wedding party. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. He's, he's the life and soul of the in, any party that's going on. I don't know what it is with him. He just... he. He can't, maybe I've said it before, he can't stand any doors being closed in our apartment. Mm. Anytime there's a closed door, especially if he knows that there's a person on the other side of it, he just gets very upset. He feels like he's being left out. He wants and there's to... just something about me recording this podcast that he just he loves to sit next to me while I'm doing it. Yeah, well, he likes to hear the, the, the sultry voice of Joel, right? So he wants to get in on that, uh, that and he feels excited because he thinks there's a party going on. Um and then he's always crawling about, so yes, he's uh, he's all in. All right, so my, the question is groomsmen? Oh, look, I, I don't yeah, think... Yeah, so uh, you're getting married. Yeah. I don't, I don't uh, think... Let me, let me finish reading uh, the question. You've got right. to choose New Japan wrestlers to be your best man and two groomsmen. Also note they'll be planning your bachelor party, and the best man will be having a speech at your wedding. Who do you choose? All right, best man's got to be Hiroshi Tanahashi, right? He's, I mean, he's... Because here's the thing. Your best man, he needs to be – he's got to have his shit together, right? He can't be last-minute Lou, right, and fucking, oh, I don't know. I don't have anything planned. and sh-. You know, that's shit. You got you to gotta step up. That's the time you got to fucking step up. So you need somebody re- responsible. You need somebody who uh, also will take care of you because you're going to get fucked up. You know, <laughs> you know, you're going to drink a lot. You're going you know, uh, to get messed up. So – uh, you need somebody that's going to be able to, to make sure that you get in and out of situations okay, right? Uh, yeah, Hiroshi Tanahashi's absolutely the best man. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and then uh, I guess the, or the rest of the wedding party. I'm not big on big wedding parties. Like, you ever been to a wedding and they have like 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 12 people standing up there? Like, really? Everybody in your life is that significant? Fucking got to be kidding me. Um, so I would have maybe three others, maybe three others. I would have Jushin Liger in there, of course. We've been through a lot. Uh, I would have, uh, hmm, what else would I have? I need, I need two more. Probably have, uh, hmm, it can be from all time or it has to be current. It doesn't specify. All right. Because I might have that uh, again. I like I like I like responsible people. You know what I mean. I like response because I'm not. I can't have all irresponsible people because we won't make it to the wedding. We'll wind up in fucking Vegas and you know shenanigans incur. Uh, so I'll Tatsumi Fujinami in there, and I'll have. Uh, huh. I need a tough guy. I need somebody who can kick some ass just in case if we get into some fucking nonsense. Um. How about uh, I? You know, I, I I bet he would be fun. Probably Shinsuke. Shinsuke would probably be a fucking fun guy to have around because he would make everybody laugh. Yeah, so I would go with that. I go Tanahashi, Shinsuke, Liger, maybe Yuji Nagata too. I like the I like the older guys. Hang out with them. Younger guys I don't need in my life. All right, yeah. So I'll go that route. How's that? Is that good? 
That's good. I would have Juice Robinson. Ah. I think he would he would deliver an amazing speech. Yeah. And he would be a lot of fun on the, the bachelor's party, the stag night. Mm. I'd have Okada as well, because I think he would be, he'd have some tricks and jokes up his sleeve for the stag night. And I guess Yano as well. But I can't have both Okada and Yano because they're, they're both silly guys. I need someone who's dependable. Right. And I have a feeling Kushida. I think he would be a, a, a very loyal and trustworthy friend. I don't know why I'm getting that impression from him, but I think he'd be a, a good level-headed person to have amongst the group. I agree. I agree with that. Plus, I think he's he could probably reel in some girls. You know what I mean? Like, just him being there would be a good thing to be like, oh, we'll, we'll catch up with a couple of, uh, like, bachelorette parties, you know, at the same time. The way, the way they call them, hen parties for you. For you. Um, yeah. Yep. So we, I'm sure they'll be set. That's always when the fun happens, right? That's what, that's what you got to do. As, as If you're planning a bachelor party or, you know, whatever you call it, whatever, um, stag, whatever, um, you, that's what you got to think. You got to think, okay, so where are the girls going to be? Right, who's having a party? Because they're going to be just as nuts, if not nuttier, than the guys. Almost always they are. Right. So one, and then two. You also got to consider the fact that a lot of times they're not. You know, they're they want to be as goofy as the guys, but they just don't know how to make it happen. So all they need is a little a little spark, and then boom, then they're, then they're going nuts, right? And that's where the guys come in. So the guys can help them get nutty. Boom! Now you got now you got a pack of nutties. Now you're now you got a pack of people that are just uh, ready to have some fun. So listen, we got this whole we got this whole thing planned. We we got G one and Madison Square Garden. We're talking about Noah's penises, uh, arenas, and stag parties. All right, what else? What other questions you got? We got one more. One more. This is from Liam, who says back prints on shirts, yay or nay? Like just writing on the back of a shirt. Well, I thought he might have been referring to football shirts. So, uh, as a big Arsenal supporter, back in the day when I used to regularly go to matches, every at the start of every season, I would get a player's name printed on the back of my shirt. And okay. me and my friends would sort of try and come up with some sort of pun, uh, some kind of joke, uh, uh, play on words for a player's name. And looking back on that, I kind of cringe yeah. when I did that. And I wouldn't be caught dead wearing a replica football shirt out in public because, um, yeah, it's not appropriate for an adult. Uh, I hope I haven't upset people by saying that. Probably have. I usually do. Me and my fucking big mouth. Uh, so that's the kind of thing I had in, in mind for getting back prints on shirts. But uh, I did ask Liam and he said either like sports shirts or whatever. So getting something printed on the back of a shirt. Okay. Like a name. All right. Well, let's. So in the States, we are, guys will wear sports jerseys or sweaters or whatever you want to call it. So um, you you will see people just walking around in a hockey sweater. Right. Um or, uh, you know, in the summertime, you'll see the basketball um, tanks, you know, um, and, and they'll have the player's name and number on the back. I don't have a problem with that, right? I, I, that, that's just kind of common around here. Like, truth be told, I have hockey ones, right, that I have. Um, so it's not a big deal around here. Um, here's here's where, it, where, where you get... Uh, violations, as we like to call it, a violation. A violation would be if you did get like, like a silly saying on the back for the name, right? Or you put your own name on it. You know what I mean? Like you're not a player. That, you know that's you don't do that. So yeah, like a, like a silly pun or the people who put like um, 
who'll get it, and it'll say champions, and it'll have the year. Like, the number will be the year that you won the championship. So, in this case, you know, 18, and it'll say champions on the back. It's a violation. It's a violation. Um, so, so I don't necessarily have a problem with the, the back print, but it's got to be the player and, the, and their number. Um, and uh, fucking no silliness, no puns, no nothing like that. Right? There, there's, there's the demon hot take for you. Okay, I would sign off on that as well. So let's get into the G1 Climax 28. Yes, First yes. of all, I wanted to take a look at the final standings for the Voices of Wrestling G1 oh. Pickums competition. Oh, no. All right. Oh. So... First thing I want to do is give a, a big congratulations to uh, listener Derek Ashman or Derek Von Eric as he as he goes by on Twitter, who finished second. Ooh. So he was just pipped on the last day but for first place. It was really, really close, but still it's an amazing achievement. And he was flying the flag with the Super J car. So, Derek, you get a victory lap. Well done. Yeah. I don't know what else we can offer you. But uh, Round of applause from me. Yeah, I'm, I'm applauding <laughs> as well. Now, as for you and I, I had a bit of a slump towards the end. I finished in 85th place. Ooh. You, no, no. do you want to have a guess? I, I have not looked for out of pure, sheer embarrassment. Um, I will give a guess. I mean, it can't be, because I know like one of the last nights I, I, went in, I did an offer, I think. Um, 600. 36. You were finished 635th. That's amazing. Oh, you were wow. very, very close. You were just one wrong. <laughs> well, one off. Okay. I don't even, and the only reason I picked 36 is 36 is my favorite number. Um, wow. That's not good out of like 700, right? Like seven change, like 720, I think the number was, right? Total people. I mean, what I will say, I got the finalists right, but... I picked Ibushi to win instead of Tanahashi. And then like, halfway through the tournament, or early into the tournament, I decided that Tanahashi was going to win, but uh, it was too late then. Obviously, I couldn't change my picks. But uh did okay there. It, it's mm. a lot of fun. So, um, commiserations, Damon. Better luck next year. <laughs> I, I, I'm not good at those. I'm really not. I, I, as, as you can plainly see. I just, I don't know. I, like, I feel like I get to the end result kind of close. Like I, I didn't pick Tanahashi, mind you. I lost there, and, and and I didn't pick Tanahashi to make it to the finals, so that hurt as well. But I, I still felt like like the people, like the end results were kind of like where I thought the the people that I had were. You know, it wasn't like anything was too far out of whack when it came to the final numbers. I just can't pick individual winners. Like I. I it's literally, I mean, seriously, do you, when you do it, there's got to be nights where you're just like, all right, flip a fucking coin, right? There got to be. There's no way you could be sitting there thinking, okay, listen, uh, Michael Elgin's got to beat this guy here. And like, I just, I, I can't do that. Can you do that? Well, you can do that. You did it. Well, I worked backwards. So I decided who I thought was going to win and who would be the two finalists and then worked out from there. I started what I thought the scenarios would be in the final night based on the uh, match order but I mean weirdly enough that's where it all fell apart really I think I picked up most of my points just on a, a day-to-day basis making sensible picks about who would win between two guys you know just like your random hangman page against Michael Elgin sort of picks I think that's the bread and butter of your pickums, and if you, you tend to come unstuck when you're trying to make 
the results fit your weird sort of point permutation scenarios because mm -hmm. I definitely dropped a ton of points towards the the latter stages where i think if i just stuck with the the whole thing of uh who i thought was going to win in an individual match rather than thinking oh i've got to crowbar it into this thing where this guy's got 13 points and these two need a draw for this guy to squeak through probably would have done better yeah yeah it's 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 it is it is a uh um an unbelievable thing when you when you think about how how many things have to go your way and just how you, you know you're able to find a way to find the winner so great job by uh von eric that's a, that's that's an awesome job second place and good job by you too i mean that's that's a that's very respectable me oh boy i mean i, I might have to retire from 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 g1 pickums i never do well um this this has been my worst showing though this absolutely has been my worst showing so uh better luck next year i guess all right what do we got here Okay, well, let's discuss the final which took place earlier today. I have written a review of the whole show for the Voices of Wrestling website, so have a look on there and read my review. Uh, it's it's okay. It's pretty. It's it's there. It's a Why? it's a review. Why I've reviewed all the matches. <laughs> you did. You don't. You are you, are you knocking your writing because you can write like a motherfucker. You 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 can put some words together. I'm sure it's a great review. You just didn't like the, the overall show. Is that, is that what you're saying? Uh, well, I was going to say it's really good. You should go and read it. But then I thought that might sound a bit too <laughs> self-aggrandizing. So I'll leave you to decide, listeners. You go and read it and you let me know if you thought it was good or not. I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteeing Be honest. you. I'm guaranteeing you it's good. I, I'm guaranteeing it. I know, I know how you write. Matter of fact, you wrote a, a, a piece on, oddly enough, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, that I thought was one of the best pro wrestling things I have ever read. I told you that. Um, so I have no doubt that this review will be five stars. No doubt. Thank you. Too kind, Damon. Anyway, let's get, talk about the show. We got an uh, attendance of 12,112, which was a sellout. Uh, just a quick question here. What did you think of the lighting in Budokan Hall? Do you think it did it? Did the venue justice? No, the crowd justice. Yeah, no, I don't. And 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 what's also weird, and it felt like, it felt like the the setup of the stage or lack of stage, right? Um, and man, if you bought ringside seats, it felt like you were, you know, eighteen rows back, right? It was just very, uh, like ringside area was felt very wide. And the lighting, yeah, it, it, I, you couldn't really get a full scope of you know twelve thousand people in a, in a in a building like that. I, I do think they missed the mark there. Um, lighted weird, and um, I, I thought it was mic'd well. I mean, you could hear the crowd, and I think the crowd was up for the majority of of, of the shows. But yeah, I would agree that it, yeah, that did I did notice that, and it did it did sit with me a little bit weird that you couldn't really take full advantage of what you had in the building from a from a pe person at home perspective hmm. so matches themselves i thought overall the undercar was a bit underwhelming it felt more like a road two show to me and if you watch a lot of new japan like i do then you see matches like this hundreds of times before so first match was the team of tomaki honma michael elgin and togi makabe defeating ayato yoshida shota umino and yuji nagata in seven minutes with makabe pinning Yoshida after a King Kong knee drop. So 
first of all, it's obviously good to see Honma able to wrestle regularly again because he wrestled the night before. So I guess this means he'll be back wrestling on a regular basis. And also, I was very excited to see Ayato Yoshida because we've seen him a few times in these Lionsgate project shows. We've seen him wrestle Yuji Nagata. We've seen him wrestle Shota Umino. And he's a very, very talented guy. He's young. I think he's about 25. He's at the Kaintai Dojo. But I'm wondering now, given his involvement in this show, whether he might move to New Japan full-time and join their dojo because... I think Shota Umino will probably go on excursion fairly soon. I don't really see how much more he can achieve being a young lion. And then you're left with Ren Narita, uh, Tetsuhiro Yagi, Yota Suji, and Yuya Uemura. And you're lacking a young lion ace there. And mm. I think Yoshida could be that guy. So those are my thoughts on the match. I know you, you haven't watched this match yet, Damon. Anything you want to jump in and comment on there? The only thing is, is that the, um, you know, I think, or at least from the first night perspective, seeing Honma come back, um, and and that was pretty emotional, right? That was that that was a great moment. I think everybody will will take away from G one matches aside, um, you know, he doesn't look like he's a hundred percent, and to me, he does look somewhat hesitant, um, and that's and I think it's a fair thing. This is these were his first set of matches since you know early summer, right? There was like a row two show that he was in a tag match in. I guess it was against Los Ingobernables and like a whole horde of people on his side, you know, your usual suspects of uh, baby faces. But it was good to see, you know. Um, I, 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 I don't know if he's 100%. And I think people were kind of questioning if he was at 100%. Um, but look, I, I, considering where he was and, and the condition that he was in, I think this is a... Uh, a fantastic step and a, and a good, nice feel good moment. I think both nights. So good, 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 good on him. Um, I'm not expecting much from this match, right? Right. This is an opening tag match that, you know, you tell me, I mean, is this something I, I need to go out of my way to watch? No, not at all. all right. um, I was disappointed. If anything, we didn't really? see more from Yoshida, but uh, it, it is what it is. It's an opening multi-man tag match on a show it's it's never going to blow the doors off mm. all right all right what was next here next we had bad luck Farley defeating toe hanare in one minute and 49 seconds with a bad luck fall now this was notable for me before the show started because this was the only other singles match on the cards and i thought hmm, is there something going on here obviously there have been some speculation that hanare might be joining the bullet club ogs joining the, that tongan faction so I thought this could be a setup to that, but it wasn't. It was just a two-minute squash match. So I don't really see what the point of it was. Yeah, um, I mean, listen, we're, we're, the whole thing is to get them over as as badasses and to get them over as as credible threats to to anyone. And I mean, I don't know if a two-minute squash match is necessarily going to accomplish that goal per se. Um, yeah, I mean, why <laughs> it does seem like a weird spot? Well, I guess later on in the show, you had the, the other Bullet Club members going for a never title. Um, I don't know. Look, I again, the whole Bullet Club thing kind of is it's it's taken weird turns and weird twists. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but they did interfere in a match, right? <laughs> and and 
I, 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 I guess it really is what is your definition of interference, right? Because remember earlier in the week they were like, if if Bullet Club interferes in a match, they're suspended for what three months or some nonsense, right? But like they interfered in a match, right? And they got kicked out of the arena. Was well, it... I'll jump in. This was clarified by New Japan. They said that technically they didn't interfere because they were prevented from interfering and they were uh, dragged out of the arena before they could interfere. So they don't get the three-month ban, which sounds like a lot of bullshit to me. They were about <laughs> to interfere. Yeah. And now they've been rewarded by uh, getting a, a title shot. I mean, we'll come on to that later when we talk about that match. But yeah. that whole stipulation seemed to be put there just to uh, reassure people, give them an out that they weren't going to interfere in the Ibushi versus Omega match, which kayfabe-wise, if they hadn't put that stipulation in place, there would have been every reason for Tamatonga and his goons to go in there and just ruin that main event. So that's what I think it was for. Yeah, they kept kept saying it and kept saying it and kept saying it, which had me just like, oh my God, they're going to have interference in this fucking match. (laughs) Like, I was like, I I was so convinced that the more they said it, the more it was like, oh my God, there's going to be interference in this match. But okay, luckily, you know, thank, thank God for that. All right. All right. So there's there's a two minute squash for uh, Fale, poor Hanare, looking at the lights again. You know, and, and uh, he had a, he had a bad couple days, you know, his his C block chances and, and, and this bad, bad couple days for poor Hanare. So next match, we had a tag match where Taichi and Takashi Izuka defeated Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto in eight minutes after a Taichi-style last ride pinfall over Yoshihashi. So story here, Taichi's still got a chip on his shoulder because he wasn't included in the G1, and I think it was quite notable that he did pin Yoshihashi, who's a person that a lot of commenters, not myself, but a lot of people said shouldn't have been in the G1. So I quite enjoyed this match, seeing angry Taichi. Everything involving Izuka was shit, obviously. But I like Taichi. I like seeing him wrestle properly and being aggressive and attacking people. So uh, this was perhaps sending out a message that Taichi should be in the G1 next year. And he also attacked Goto. Actually, I like the way that phrase is pronounced, Goto. Yeah. Might, might start calling it Goto instead because I'm I'm sure Goto is not correct. I don't think any Japanese people are saying Goto. Anyway, so Taichi attacks Goto after the match and through his never open weight title. So I believe that would be setting up Taichi as Goto's next challenger for the never open weight title. So anything you want to say here? Do you think Taichi should be in the G1 next year? Do you think Yoshihashi should be out? And mm. your thoughts on possibly Taichi challenging Goto for the belt? Well, here's the thing. One. It really depends on what kind of year they have, to me, right? It really starts, well, it could start later. I mean, it could start now, right, if if either of those two catch fire. But it really depends on what they do leading up to G1 next year. And that was really the argument for a lot of people of, okay, Yoshihashi really hadn't done anything, and um, Taichi seemed like he was kind of hitting, hitting his groove, Becoming a heavy a heavyweight, so uh, yeah, I mean, there's based off of points and based off of of effort and based off of you know w- the matches that he had in front of him. Yoshihashi can be in it again, right? Just based off of G one, I mean, what what do you wind up with? Like six points, eight points, um, 
That's that's pretty respectful. Six. Six, okay. All right, that's that's not bad. That's I mean, it's not two, right? Um, and I think the match performance was 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 good. Here's what's going to be a real challenge next year: are the people who make it and don't make it, and the people that have that aren't in it now um, that could possibly. I mean, there's a guy. I'll bring up a name who I saw last night um, at CZW. Uh, it's Trent Beretta, right? He's a guy that could theoretically. He's a heavyweight. He, you know, he could theoretically be in that mix. Tai Chi. I'm sure he would have been had he not been injured. Really? I don't know, man. That's 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 a guy that's really on the bubble. Right? They were building towards it. Like he had his match against Kenny Omega, challenging for the US title, which did really well. And he got the did he get the pinfall at Wrestle Kingdom? I seem to recall. Yeah, um, for the, they that... definitely seem to be making a big deal out of him. Yeah, I, I mean, it was it, it, it the, you know it was on its way, right? But I mean, again, Tai Chi's a guy. Well, would I mean I, you would think he would be in it? Um, there's only so many spots. So and and you think okay. Of the people that are in there now, this year, in G1, like, who would get dropped? Like, realistically, who would get dropped? There's not, like, the old veteran guy in there that you're like, oh, this is his last G1 where you had, you know, before with Nagato or you had with Tenzan or you had, you know, with others that were up in age and, you know, probably going to be their last one. I mean, you go up and down A block and B block, you got guys that are in... I don't want. I don't necessarily say the, the prime, but um, you know, you got some that are on the 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 other side of prime, you know, in age, certainly not in effort and in skill. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi being a name that you could <laughs> certainly say, um, but then you even got guys that are in their twenties. You know, your your Jay Whites, Hangman Pages that are going to be in again next year. I just don't see who you who you eliminate. I mean, there are people that I would love to eliminate. You know, I would love to not see a Fale in there, but you know that's not going to fucking happen. I would love to not see a Tamatanga in there. You know, that's not going to happen. Like who? I guess my question is, Joel, is who would you get rid of to 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 add in uh, a Tai Chi or a Tremperetta or others who are on the bubble? I'm scratching my head. I have no idea because I you're looking at the lineup and you think. Togi Makabe would be the next person to retire, but mm. he's going to do that on his terms. They're not going to be taking him out of that tournament, and I don't think this would have been his last tournament, because if it was, they'd have made a bigger deal out of it, like they did with Nagata last year. Okay. So he would be the next person to go, but given the fact that they didn't say anything about it being his last tournament, I would assume he's there next year. So if he's there next year, I can't see who else would be taken out. So I don't know. There's a, a real possibility that we get the exact same 20 people, unless, of course, you have some people leaving NJPW in the meantime. But I can't see who else would be out of that lineup. Right, right. It's, and, that's, and that's saying something about the talent that the company has to me, right? I mean, the fact that we, we have, you know, a, a roster full of people that can go and, and produce some, some fantastic pro wrestling. And then we still got people that are on the bubble that are trying to get in, Um you know, I don't think you could. Well, listen, you could probably do that in, in WWE, right? If you were going to have a, a G1 tournament in WWE, it could be stacked. Not to say that it would be good just by the way the, the promotion does what it does in, the, in their style of pro wrestling. 
Um, it's certainly not going to be G1 levels, but let's just assume that, you know, the people that are in it could go that route. Um, that's probably the only one that would really be able to do something like this. I mean, all Japan has their champions carnival, but they, I mean, they got to pull people from outside to, 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 to fill brackets. So Yoshi Tatsu in this, <laughs> that's my bad. Right, right, right. You know, but you know what I'm saying? This is, it's just so, uh, 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 you know, Again, everybody was up in arms with Tai Chi, but you know somebody's not going to make a cut, and I don't know who's not going to make a cut next year. Again, Makabe could be that guy, but you would think a bigger deal would be made of it this year. So um, that's good. that's going to be interesting. You know, when it comes to who's here and who's not, when it comes contract time, that's really going to be the key to me um, on who makes it and who doesn't make it. And of course, there's the added wrinkle of people coming back from injury. Right. Do we get Tomwaki Honma fully fit, ready to take on the grind of a G1? Probably not. I don't know if physically he'd be up for that. But uh, and again, Shibata, if he ever comes back, just things to think about as well. Beretta, of course, we've already mentioned. I, I'm convinced he was being positioned for a G1 spot. So people are going to come back from injury, but then people are going to get injured at the same time. So that's true. You never know what's going to happen. And also signings. You know, there's other companies that where contracts are up that. I know New Japan are in discussions with, right? So you never know who, what other you know faces that are coming back into a promotion that is looking to uh, expand. Um, who would be in a G one? So again, listen, listen, not for nothing, Joel. Our Intercontinental Champion was not in G one this year, right? Remember that, you know, mm. you know. So and the thoughts just popped to my head: Cody might want to be in it next year as well. Maybe. Right, I mean, there's so much talent this company has. It's pretty amazing that I know. Again, Jeff Cobb. There's another name. You know, he's not a, he's not a, a signed guy yet, but that's never stopped New Japan before for putting him in the G1. There's so many people that 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 they that could possibly hold the spot. That I mean, unless they open up the the blocks to a to a legitimate C block or something along those lines, this is going to it's 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 tough to get in. Um, and it might, you know, it, it might, that might not change for a couple years. Okay, next match then, we had a tag match with Cody and Hangman Page defeating the team of Juice Robinson and David Finley. Uh, Cody getting the pinfall over Juice with his uh, vertebraker, which he's called Din's Fire, so reference to Legend of Zelda. So I really like this match. I thought this was probably the best match on the undercards. Uh, very nice, high-paced, well-worked tag match. There's good chemistry between all the guys, and afterwards... Cody said to Juice that he was doing a bad impersonation of Kyrie Sane and officially challenged him for his US title at the Long Beach show. So oh. any thoughts on that? Uh, there's a Long Beach show. Who, who, who would have thought? <laughs> That's one thing we haven't talked about hardly at all is that is the fact that there is a Long Beach show um, and it's right around the corner. Um, that's uh, that is significant. I think they've I think they've kind of burnt I want to say burnt out that area but like the, those shows certainly don't feel special by any stretch of the imagination um I think that'd be a good match Cody and juice juice has got his hands full he's got a lot of challengers you know seems like uh he's set for at least Wrestle Kingdom with the amount of challengers 
And I want to be surprised. Also worth mentioning, sorry no, to no. interrupt that. It's a, that's a rematch of the Wrestle Kingdom 11 match, yep. which was buried in the mid card, Cody against Juice, which was basically just an enhancement match for Cody. But now both guys have made a huge amount of progress since then. So it'll be really interesting to compare those two matches. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like where Juice almost, you know, if you're going to put a circle around um, Juice and be like, okay, this is kind of like the beginning of him taking off a little bit. That might be that match because he sh- he was the shining star to me in that match, in 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 a, in a in a match that was yeah buried underneath lots of great stuff on that Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be fine. But yeah, I think the biggest thing out of that is is you know people scratching their heads and saying, oh, there, there is that Long Beach show that everyone has forgotten about. Um, so except people that are going to the show, but I heard tickets were kind of sluggish for that. Right. Her tickets were very sluggish for for these uh, Long Beach shows. So, all right, it is what it is. But uh, Juice has got his hands full this this fall. He's got plenty of people challenging for that belt because, you know, he took a lot of pinfalls during this uh, G1. So, all right, uh, that should be fun. Okay, next match is bound to be some talking points here. It was a never open weight six man tag team championship match between. Uh, where, where the challengers Taiji Ishimori Tangela and Tamatonga defeated the champions of Marty Skull, Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson. Tamatonga pinning Marty Skull after a gun stunt in 11 minutes. Now, the context of this, of course, uh, President Harold May said that they needed to start toning down the rude stuff and ban cursing. And then there was this whole situation about Tamatonga getting disciplined for his antics the social media usage uh grabbing the fan whatever it was they didn't specify but they did mention about social media usage and then we get this we get them being rewarded with a title match i mean putting aside the fact that these titles are pretty much worthless the champions of the young bucks and mighty hadn't defended them since they won them i I think that was back in dontaku so it's not the most prestigious title in the world, but there are things here which worry me. This just whole felt like a... If this had taken place on Monday Night Raw, we'd be burying it. So the, that's the direction it feels it's moving towards, and I don't like it. I'm worried by having Harold May appearing on TV two nights in a row in a, a semi-prominent authority figure. That's not what I want from New Japan. Uh, the pre-match promo from Tangelo was just really cringeworthy it was very very bad and the match itself bell to bell was fine but everything else surrounding it was a bit troubling yeah i i I have to agree um i i don't want a on-camera authority figure on my new japan pro wrestling that's the last thing i want to say and while it was you know very um, understated, right? It wasn't over the top. It wasn't, um, you know, as as we 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 know a company can be when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, it wasn't that, but yes, it is a somewhat troubling direction having a lot of on camera time going on there for this particular situation. Now, if it begins and ends with this situation. Okay, cool. Then, then, then I'm okay. But you have the same concerns that I have when it comes to that. Um, the second thing is, is, is again, it's a pro wrestling company, so take it for what it's worth. But there is a lot of inconsistencies in this whole idea of, 
we're going to ban middle fingers and we're going to ban potty mouth and we're going to ban language of that kind and all that stuff and we're not going to attack fans anymore and all that. Yet, Tomatonga has a t-shirt and everybody has a t-shirt with, you know, what is it? No one fucking cares or no one zero, gives a Zero shit. fucks given. There you go. Farley's shirt says fuck em, right. and Tangaloa say the word motherfuckers yeah. right on camera. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody is is paying attention to this new uh, uh, new company directive. So, uh, again, whether it's a uh, part of the whole storyline thing, which I tend to believe is the case, um, yeah, it's a little inconsistent. You know, the, the next day they're coming out with brand new T-shirts of you know, no fucks given. So, all right. Storyline based. Um, I did like the fact that they, they 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 literally threw them out of the arena. Like there were there was there were young lions dragging these guys out <laughs> and into a a, a a waiting car um, outside, and everybody was involved in that. So look, am I, am I a fan of this? No, I'm not. Um, I am over it. I don't. To add to that, I'm not a fan of the never six man titles. I'm just I'm I'm I, I don't care. I don't think anybody cares. Um, Neither do they. they? They threw it on the floor as soon as they won it, and they yeah. didn't even take them back to the back with them. So what's the point in having them win it? I I, I guess to say that they are a dominant force uh, again, who don't give a shit. And uh, yay, we won, but that's not even what we care about. We just care about laying fists in people's faces. Um, that can get very boring and tedious after a while, and I'm, and I am in boring and tedious as we speak. It just I, I, it does nothing for me. Um, six the never six man titles have become, you know, there was a, a part where it was like ah, it's just one of those things. It's a hot potato belt. It's fun, wacky tag combinations and you know you, you kind of see goofy things and it gave the, the old you know things to do for the undercard okay great I, look i i totally forgot who even was the never six man tag team champions right like before the match i was like i had to be like oh yeah it is the bucks and skirl uh, let me ask you this i bet they forgot as well <laughs> right right let me ask you this who did and not to put you on the spot, because I have no fucking idea. Who did who did Skrull and Young Bucks beat for these belts? I think it was Bullet Club, actually. I think it was Tamatonga, Tangela, and Bad Luck Farle. But I'd have to ah. check that. Yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things where it's just like, no one cares. It's just, it's, it's you know, whatever. It, it, it Whatever. The whole thing was silly. Um the whole idea of it was silly where, where we are rewarding people for coming back. I don't know. Whatever. It just, you know what it really felt like? It felt like Bucks were like, I I can't carry these fucking things around anymore. Just get them off me. Just give them to anybody. <laughs> you know? we're, we're the tag champs. We'll, we'll hold on to those. But these other ones, I, I, we're tired of putting them in our checked luggage. It's fucking getting on our nerves. So, all right. That's uh, – look, I don't want to shit on a card that I thought was, was – was good and a tournament that was good because there's so many highlights and it does seem like we do like to harp on the negative when it comes to god and and Fale and all that so it was what it was and there's there's hopefully it's ending soon it's probably not we're probably getting more 
tag goodness with with god but again if i, I have a put... question about that yeah. in jpws asked what do you think the end game is for this whole bullet club thing uh, i would say uh, probably some matches at the long beach show maybe mm-hmm. some big multi-man matches like firing squad against bullet club mm-hmm. um possibly uh grizz of destiny against the golden lovers i thought that might be a potential main event for that show but uh, aside from that, I don't really care. Yeah, that's 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 the truth. That that's really the sad part about it. Is is that I, and not many people do. And again, if you're a fan of of God and you're a fan of Bullet Club and you're a fan of all that, I I, I got to be honest with you. I find I I mean, are you happy with the, that direction? Are, are you are you are you pleased with what you're seeing? Are you pleased with with the 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 angle? I don't know if you, if you, if people are even if you're fans of them, right? And I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, I I think everybody is clear on that. But I'd be curious as to hear like people who really enjoy them, and are they happy with that direction? I don't I don't know I don't know how you can be. Um, where it ends, Joel? Again, I think you're right. You'll you'll have a couple of blow off matches. Um. I I would be concerned after like where what what do these guys do after th- this kind of runs its course and it feels like it's kind of we're we're getting close to that where where do we go from here with them after after it's all said and done I don't know that's that's I don't know what you do with these guys it's they'll find something but I don't know what they'll do yeah it would seem like too much effort to have them as their own stable long term in terms of booking future feuds and organizing things for upcoming tours so maybe they just get they have their blow-off matches and get reintegrated into bullet club i don't know but um anyway let's move on next match we had uh, the lij team bushi sonado evil and naito defeating the suzuki Gun team el desperado kanemaru zack saber jr and suzuki 10 minutes with sonado defeating kanemaru who tapped out after the skull end notable point here it seems that Naito and Suzuki are going back to their feuds that they left at their disappointing match at, I think it was wrestling Hino Kuni. And there was just a little moment at the end when LIJ were all together doing their fist bump and I was convinced that Hiromu was going to come out, but mm. he didn't. So it ended on a bit of a sad note. Yeah, I think everybody was kind of looking for that. And I know Suzuki, you know, it felt like, you know, there, there was going to be a program... You know, it might be just but just be a Suzuki Goon, uh, Lucingo Bernabalus re reuniting of of factions uh, feud because Evil was involved in a lot of stuff with Suzuki, and I was kind of interested in that. I, I I I I like those two together, and I think that would be something different that we haven't necessarily um, seen too much of, and that's Evil with Suzuki. Um. I was kind of hoping they would go. It, it goes to that route. Um, I, I'll tell you what. The one guy that that has me scratching my head in this whole entire tournament has been Naito, and I know he's he was in it until the end, right? Definitive loss um, that that knocked him out of the tournament. What, what what do you think is up with Naito? Where do you think he goes from here? Like what? A lot of people had him picked as the winner, right? And 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 challenging Kenny at Wrestle Kingdom. 
I just think he's in a real weird spot right now where he's not picking up big wins. He's not he's had a really strange year to me. Like and he's and he's certainly popular. I mean, one of the most popular guys in the promotion. But it's just, he's just had a real strange year of him kind of coming up on the short end of the stick nine times out of ten. Yeah, there were a lot of very, very upset Naito fans that I saw online yesterday after he lost to Zack Sabre Jr. And, you know, I don't want to invalidate that. Of course, you, if you feel upset by that, that it's ruined your enjoyment in New Japan, then that's that's very sad. It's a shame. And I know there are plenty of LIJ fans and Naito fans who are really disappointed by what happened. What I said was wait till 2020 because I'm convinced that the storyline for next year is going to be Naito and Okada's dual redemption. So I, my guess was that Naito would beat Kenny Omega and win the title at Dominion and then Okada would win the G1 and then the pair of them headline Wrestle Kingdom 14, which is on a, a public holiday or, or weekend or something. There's something special about that, which means they want to go with a big blockbuster main event and that will be it. But when I threw that out there, a lot of Naito fans said to me that they've been told that a lot. They've been told many, many times, oh, just yeah. wait until next time. And they said it's been like that since he got voted out of the main event. And, you know, no one's getting younger. So I don't know, really. People asking me that question, like, are NJPW ever going to give Naito fans what they want? We've had a few questions about this. Anwar Starman asked, what, what will it take to appease the Naito fans? And Big T asked, is Naito doomed to be the new Nakamura? Um, yeah. after Damon's comments, the loss to Zach, the weak year he's had, he's fallen hard, he isn't getting younger, and he thinks NJPW are passing on him in favour of Okada and Kenny. So obviously I don't have the historical context given that I only started watching last year. And in 2017, Naito had a, a pretty damn good year as far as in-ring stuff goes. You know, won the G1, uh, he won his match at Wrestle Kingdom, he, he was going into Wrestle Kingdom... 12 with a lot of momentum so now there are a lot of people saying that they just they can't get emotionally invested in it anymore because they've been burned too many times and they were really really devastated by Naito not even making it to the final but I think they are going to go with Okada Naito for 2020 and I'm so many people have said oh Wrestle Kingdom 12 was the right time to do it he was never never going to be as hot as he was then but are you telling me honestly that come January 4th 2014 if Naito is IWGP heavyweight champion and he's challenging, well, uh, he's being challenged by Kazuchika Okada in like the biggest Wrestle Kingdom ever, given the date that it's on, that the LIJ fans and the Naito fans are going to go, uh, well, given that he lost last time, I'm not going to watch this one. No, I'm not going to go to the Tokyo. I'm going to do something else. I, I can't believe that if they do set up that match, that people, that he's not going to be quote unquote hot. Be, I mean, there's a lot to be said. Joe Lanza was talking about it on his show yesterday about making people salivate, like make them absolutely desperate for something before you give it to them. You don't just give it to them straight away. And I get that these Naito fans have been waiting a really, really, really long time. And I understand if they've lost faith. Do you think they're right to lose faith? Or do you think Naito is going to get his title run in the end? Well, I mean, look, I was definitely in the camp of you're not going to find a hotter guy than Naito going into Wrestle Kingdom um, last year, an event that we both were at. And we knew, you know, we saw for our with our own eyes in the building, you know, how people were 
I don't want to say necessarily expecting it, but um, there were a lot of people that, that were shocked with the fact that Naito did not win. Um, now, I will say this, that New Japan does that slow burn, right? Better than just about anybody. And what you mentioned, that that getting them to salivate, right? Two, keep in mind that I, I'm not going to say every every one of them by any stretch of the imagination. But again, we, we, we have seen significant growth in fandom when it comes to New Japan, um, especially here in, in, in the West and even, you know, other, other places, you know, new wrestling fans coming on board um, and they do gravitate toward, you know, Naito and LIJ. And unfortunately their, their base of pro wrestling fandom is usually, you know, within a company that is pretty quick to pull triggers and and move things around, and you know, there's not a lot of slow burn build, um, you know, giving you little morsels and little tastes. It's beat you over the head with the subtlety hammer, right? Uh, so people are conditioned, and 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 I don't know if they expect the quick instant gratification but yeah they they can be quickly um discouraged and not kind of be patient you know and and one of the biggest critiques that i that i get from people is that i'm not patient with it and and i've been watching this product you know for years um that being said i i'm I, they could they could reheat anybody, no doubt. The, not everybody, you know. They're good at kind of shuffling the plates and shuffling the 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 pans on the fire to warm people up, cool people off, and and they do it well. I'm look. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and you know you wouldn't have some of the magical moments of Okada you know, taking the title to new heights and a, a new reign. And you wouldn't have, you know, Kenny Omega uh, winning the title in, in a glorious fashion. And you wouldn't be where we are right now, you know, without being where we are right now. Even with that said, Joel, I, I don't think you had a hotter guy than Naito at that dome. And if, you, and if that was going to happen... Uh, boy, I, I really think that, that that was the the time to do it. Um I said it before and I said it on this very show that I really feel like Naito is the the modern day Nakamura. Um of being the guy at a certain level that the company just doesn't have the confidence, the faith, the whatever it is to be the the guy. I just I just there's something there. And I had somebody tell me that that is very heavily involved when I was in Japan, that is heavily involved in the pro wrestling scene in Japan, um, Fumi Saito, um, we went to dinner with. Um, and he made a comment of, you know, it was right after that Wrestle Kingdom match. Every year we would go to dinner with him um, right after Wrestle Kingdom. Literally right after the show, we're going to dinner with him. And we were all kind of scratching our heads of, well, I mean, that's, you know, they, they 
that was the time to do it, wasn't it? And he's like, well, yeah, a lot of people thought that, but for whatever reason, they think that that he, that he might not be the guy. Um, I, and he's like, I don't know what that reason is, but they, they apparently do. And I, you can't you can't disagree with that. Right now, he's he feels like Nakamura to me. Um, so I don't have an answer. If you're if you're a Naito fan, um, I, the best advice I can give you is, yep, hang on. I know you've been told it before, as as you're saying, but your next shot is going to be a good year from now, uh, more than yeah, more than a year from now. So if you you got to have patience following this company, got to have patience. But it, and it might not happen, but that's that's going to be your next shot. So hang in there, <laughs> hang in there. Yeah, I would say if we get past Wrestle Kingdom 14 and he still hasn't had his moment then it's a write-off and I don't yeah. think that's unfair yeah yeah I mean I mean he could win it at a Dominion he could win it at a um Sakura Genesis I mean it could happen don't get me wrong but to have that Wrestle Kingdom moment <laughs> you know you're gonna be waiting a little bit yeah yeah I think you're right I don't know exactly how long a title reign will appease the Naito fans if they want it to be what we're talking like at least six months or, or longer than that but uh, yeah well, it's, it's not going to happen anytime soon no. anyway let's move on uh, seventh match on the show we had the team of Tomohiro Ishii Toriyano and Jay White defeating Chase Owens Yujiro Takahashi and Kenny Omega two notable things here Jay White playing up to be the leader of the Chaos Faction, and he was cheering on Yano and Ishii and providing them with support. So it looks like that's something they're going in on. I would assume we're getting a Jay White against Okada feud. And also afterwards, Tomohiro Ishii officially challenging Kenny Omega for the IWGP Heavyweight title, which I guess would happen at King of Pro Wrestling. So any thoughts on either of those points, Damon? Look, anytime you can get me a match between uh, Ishii and Omega, uh, you could put it anywhere. Uh, I'm in. Love it. So, yep, we'll finally get Ishii get to have a, a title shot. Um, scale of one to ten, do you think? Do you, do you think there's any chance he walks away with that title, and we look like assholes literally weeks saying he'll never be world champion? <laughs> Give me a scale of one to ten. Zero. I, ah. I'll put my neck out and say he's. There's no chance he's winning that. We're, we're not going into Wrestle Kingdom with the main event of Tanahashi against Ishii. <laughs> right, right, okay. Just, let's, I'm just making sure. Uh, but again, awesome match. It should be. We everybody's geared up and and hyped for that. So that that's good news. Um, you know, uh, the, uh, a match like that, you just you, you're kind of happy that they're all in a, in a six man and, and and not to say that they can take the night off, but you know they can rest finally. You know, give them give them give them a six man. Um, after all the hard work that a lot of those guys put in during uh, the last couple of weeks, I w- I'm totally fine with that. I, they they could have done nothing, and I would have been like, you know what, you, you, I'm fine with it. <laughs> you know, take the night off, relax, rest rest your bones and and bruises and heels and all that stuff. Just take the night off. I I, I have no problem. I, I I wouldn't even look for stars on this or a rating. It, you know, it's just. They deserved the night off, and, and and you know, even though it really wasn't even a night off for, during this match, they, they they deserved everything they could they they could get. Rest rest up, kids. Rest up. 
And the next match was the team of Rey Mysterio Jr., Kushida, and pro wrestler Sengoku Embu defeating the team of Sho, Yo, and Kazuchika Okada, with uh, Rey Mysterio getting the pin over Yo in 12 minutes after a diving body press. Uh, the pro wrestler Sengoku Embu, of course, was Taguchi doing some sort of mobile game gimmick from the sponsors of the G1. Uh, I don't know if I'm on an island here. I don't really care for Rey Mysterio doing these little cameos where he just pops up, does a 619, a few other moves, and then leaves. Am I t- out of line here? Um, Again, nostalgia, right? I mean, f- for years, the Japanese audience really hadn't seen him, right? Um, So, again, it's, it's a nostalgia. Listen, they get Rey Mysterio, we get Billy Gunn. Right, <laughs> it, it it all works out. Um, yeah, look again. He's he was there. These it was a one off. It it didn't seem like it was anything special. If that's you know, I think I feel like the specialness has kind of worn it out. And it does. Everybody knows he's not staying. Right. So yeah, uh, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Um. You know, I I know. Look, I think everybody knows what what it was, and that's exactly what it was. He comes out in his flashy, you know, long pants and uh, his cool mask, and he can hit a six one nine, and um, everybody gets the nostalgia feels, and, and and away we go. So it was fine. Yeah, I I didn't understand the the video game thing until it was explained. Um, I like the mask. I thought the mask was pretty cool. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a positive. He looked better than he usually does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked legitimately cool. Um, I know the Taguchi fans might have have a problem with me saying that, but uh, no, he looked fine. It was good. Um, a lot of talent in that ring. That's for fucking sure. But yeah, I'd be not, I I I nothing to write home match. That's for that's for sure. I didn't think it was anything. I, again, I, I think everything leading up to this was guys. Again, not, I don't want to say take a night off because I think that's not accurate. But I do think it, it was everyone can finally relax except the guys in the finals, right? Everyone can finally relax and kind of take a break, pause, and 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 appreciate what they did and look back on what they did at, at, at G1. Um, here's another guy. Uh what are we what are we thinking about Okada here? What 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 what's happening with him? I I've heard two things. One, you know, Jay White is is the the where we're going with this. I also heard Jericho and um, Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, what are your feelings on that? I think it's going to be Okada against Jay White and Jericho against Naito. Hmm. How you feel about that? For Jericho and Naito, it's underwhelming. I don't really have any desire to see that again. I'm sure the match will be fine, but I, you know, it's, I, I want something more from Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. A card against Jay White would be good. I think the story's good. It'll be interesting to see how the other members of the Chaos faction factor into that match. So I think that one's appropriate, but Naito, I mean, what else is there for him? Yeah, uh, I mean, so you know, spoilers aside, we know three matches, or, or let's just say that we're assuming three matches for Wrestle Kingdom in 
and I know people are booking their trips. People are sending me text messages. I want to jump out a window every time I get one. Uh, but is that are we happy with 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 what on paper to me feels like a little for Wrestle Kingdom? How you feeling? Yeah, it's not jumping off the page like previous Wrestle Kingdom lineups have. But again, this is just speculation at the moment. I don't think we can fairly comment on that until the matches are actually announced because we're still a long way away. Right. We are a long way away. But again, what's on paper? Uh, All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. And then uh, so tag match. Great. And then what else we got here? Then we have the main event, the G1 Climax 28 final. Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Kota Ibushi in 35 minutes after a high fly flow. I thought this match was spectacular. Yeah. It was unbelievably good. And I've enjoyed previous Tanahashi and Ibushi matches, the one they had at the G1 last year, and the power struggle match was really good. But this just blew me away. This is going straight into the notebook as one of the best matches of the year. Five stars immediately, no question about it. The story was there. We had Shibata cornering Tanahashi. We had Kenny Omega in the corner of Ibushi. And it starts off, we got Tanahashi out wrestling Ibushi, but then Ibushi coming back with the fire and, and some sort of sneaky moves, able to get some reversals and get his way back into the match. And then Tanahashi using the slap, the slap that he used to break Okada the night, a couple of nights before in their A-block final. But the slap has the opposite effect on Kota Ibushi. You slap Kota Ibushi, then he that little switch is going off in his head and he's turning into a, a demon. And that's exactly what happened. And we had that amazing exchange in the middle of the match where both of them were fired up and slapping the shit out of each other. And Tanahashi just turned into a beast. He sort of hulked up and was his muscles were bulging out and he looked like he was about to burst. And then the match just went into overdrive and you had Ibushi launching his repertoire of these horrible, violent, ugly moves and throwing Tanahashi on his head and having me cringing and swearing like, oh my God, what am I watching? He's mm-hmm. he, he's going to kill him. He's going to kill Tanahashi. And I thought, well, that's it. Tanahashi's got no answer for this. He wasn't expecting this level of violence. All the matches he's had in A block, he hasn't faced anyone like this. You know, the match with Okada, totally, totally different. And he's up against something that he hasn't he wasn't prepared for here. So I thought, well, Ibushi's gonna win. But then he just digs it out at the end because he's Hiroshi Tanahashi, he's the ace. He's been there before. He's been in these big match situations. He's won G1s before. He's headlined Wrestle Kingdom main events before. He's been the IWGP heavyweight champion many times and he knows what it takes to win. And it's the cliche, but he did. He dug out that fighting spirit, was able to come back with the the sling blades and the high fly flows. And at that point, Ibushi had nothing left. As I said in my review, the first high fly flow just squashed the last remaining fight out of Ibushi. The second one, he was like a zombie. He was already dead. And by the third one, that was it was just a formality after that point. I just thought it was a, an absolutely stunning match. What did you think? Yeah. Um, I, to me, the, the two things that, well, the three things that I, that, you know, I walk away from with this match was one, I really don't think there is a better dramatic pro wrestler um, than Hiroshi Tanahashi. There might be more spectacular pro wrestlers. There might be better athletic pro wrestlers. There might be, you know, people who get you to just 
jump out of your seat by you know the moves and, and the combination of moves and and the stringing together of that in, in, in a match, there 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 probably are better. Um, to me, for dramatic pro wrestling, I don't think that there's anyone better. Um, for the most part, his matches are safe, right? They're relatively safe. They're not, you know, I, I, you go back to the Okada match in the semis, you know, dramatic pro wrestling. And I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, the, the, the baggage that came along with that match and the story and the, and the, and the history behind it. But dramatic pro wrestling, this match, while it did have those spots, Joel, that you talked about where, you know, Abushi is, you know, dropping him, you know, with the, those, the, you know, suplexes. And, and again, Abushi's hitting his moonsaults. And that one where he twists from the top rope, you know, from, from the center of the ring and hits that moonsault. It's, it's fucking spectacular. But really the anchor of that match, you know, you know, Kota Abushi's athleticism and, and his style of pro wrestling that he is unfucking believable at the anchor in that match and and the dramatic elements in that match and the things that really hooked people into that match was Hiroshi Tanahashi and the way that he builds a story in a match like people talk about storytelling in matches that's the textbook of storytelling in a match to me like he just has this one, I, th- I think it's an aura of a pro wrestler, right? Like, there's, there's, you know, when he's there, you know, I don't know. There's just, a, a, I don't know if it's a calming influence or if it's a, um, uh, a, 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 you just know that that a true professional is in the ring. I don't know if that's it, but there is just an element of, of, you know, solidness if that's a, if that's the word I'm looking for that he delivers when he's in the ring in a big spot uh, again the injuries aside the 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 fact that he's constantly banged up every year we talk about how he goes into a G1 with an arm fucked up or a shoulder or a knee or a back it seems like every year it's the same broken record and once again you know you know, there's a reason why he was in that A block, right? He he wasn't in that B block because, let's be truthful, they're, they're saving him for the big moment, the big spot, the big match, right? He couldn't, not that he couldn't do B block, not that he couldn't perform in B block, but if you look at B block, those, by and large, are the athletes, you know, the the the. You know, it looked sexy because it was sexy. While Tanahashi over in A was the anchor, right? And yes, you had Elgin, and yes, you had Okada, and yes, you had Jay White. But let's be truthful. Tanahashi was there because he can work those matches against those type of guys and come out of it alive to, I don't want to say save himself, but he the, they needed him. They didn't need him in the middle of fucking Nagoya. They didn't need him in, in in Fukuoka. They didn't need him in... They needed him for two nights. They needed him to go 30 with Okada and have a great match, which they always do. And then they needed him here in the finals. Now, 
I, I know that there's a lot of people online that are like, Tanahashi? Are you fucking kidding me? You know? Uh, look, he is one of the greatest pro wrestlers of our lifetime. And it makes perfect sense to save this match for Wrestle Kingdom uh, against Omega. You know, it's 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 one of the rare matches that have actually you know doesn't have any dings and, and dents on it. It's it's a fresh match. Look, I think he's one of the greatest pro wrestlers of of my lifetime, if not the greatest pro wrestler of my lifetime, to put on two great matches the way that he did back to back. Again, a night off in between. Um, and I think credit has to go to Kota Ibushi too for putting on two of the most spectacular matches back to back in you know what a 24 hour span that we've seen um but, but here's the thing we say this every every G1 that the person who in, in, in that fin- semifinals match and then the next day going into the finals we've said it many times um look again I don't want this to turn into a new Japan circle jerk but um we have some of the best talent on God's green earth um to be able to do what they do every G1 this match was great I gave it 5 Right, here's another one that's 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 five. And here's the thing: without without even without even thinking about it, it's five, man. You you turned off that match, and, you, and after those high five flows, you're like, okay, here are your snowflakes. Well deserved, kids. Well deserved. Um, and yeah, it'll go down as as one of the best matches of the year. I think any lingering doubts I may have had about Tanahashi main eventing Wrestle Kingdom were totally extinguished after those two nights seeing him with the Okada match and the Ibushi match because he's 41 years old but there's nobody like him and a lot of people are upset about the booking decision and saying oh Tanahashi against Omega that match is going to be great there's no way that's not going to deliver and I don't know if this is going to be the Tanahashi's last stand like you know the last roll of the dice for the ace Uh, I mean, this, I suspect, is a story that's been told before with Tanahashi. What do you think? Do you think he's got more Wrestle Kingdom main events in him, or do you think this is it for him? And do you think he wins? Well, I didn't think he did. I'll, I'll be truthful. And I'm a, I'm a massive Tanahashi fan. I thought that we saw the last of him in a main event. I really did. Um, and I think it's weird that you're not going to see Okada. What is it, the first time in four years or something like that, or five years? That Okada's not in the main event, um, you know, with for a title match, strange. Um, I I did think that 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 story had already been told, but he's got it in him. There's no doubt. I mean, right? If these two matches don't prove that to you, then then I don't look. You, if honestly, if you're if you're complaining about this, it's it it is because you are conditioned. To get that instant gratification, I guess. I, I guess, right? Or, you know, look, I, I'm not going to complain about people what they like and what they don't like. But you got a, you got a nice story here, and 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 I know it feels like you've seen this at a Wrestle Kingdom before with Tanahashi on top, and and there are a lot of people that wanted to see Abushi and, and Omega do their thing. In 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 a, in a Wrestle Kingdom environment, I'm one of those people. I wanted to see that too, but look, there's there's no better big time main event pro wrestler than Hiroshi Tanahashi. He'll tape it up. He'll do whatever he's told. Pop his ibuprofen. 
whatever he's got to do, he'll do. Um, don't don't doubt it. it. It'll be great. Trust me on that one. It'll be great. And with Kenny Omega, you know, it's not like he's in there with some schlub. He's in there with with probably the best pro wrestler and 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 the wrestler of the year, um, who who has multiple five star matches underneath his belt. I think I think everybody's just better just just take a step back and and realize the two guys in that ring are going to deliver come January fourth. And I think something we failed to mention is that the Japanese fans still absolutely adore this guy. Yeah. You just go back, you listen to that match, and 90% of those people are trying, Tanahashi, Tanahashi. They love the guy. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of people in Japan who also like Naito, but no doubt that the Japanese fans... I mean, I spoke to Fraser earlier on Twitter, and he said the Japanese fans are really happy that Tanahashi's won. They don't think he's going to win, but that's besides the point. There's still going to be huge demand to see him in this title match at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, we did have a question about that at Minty14. says, being in the Budokan for my first ever shows in Japan, one thing that blew me away was the unwavering support Tanahashi gets from the Japanese crowd after more than 10 years at the top. Is this simply a cultural thing or is there a magic formula that Western promotions seem to miss? Now, as we all know, I'm a relatively new fan, but I understand the history that it was Tanahashi who dragged this company out of the doldrums almost single-handedly so there's a great deal of affection and love and goodwill towards Tanahashi for that but is there more to it than that Damon? I mean there could be I think it's a combination of both right I, I think that um, I think that the, the, the fans who stuck by New Japan in those in those times appreciate what he what he has done I think the new people that that have come on board um, and again, even Japanese fans, you know, new fans, appreciate what he has done. Um, there is that. But again, I think that there is also that element of, I don't know, he comes across as a star. You know, he really comes across as as an absolute star. Um, and, and and match quality <laughs> kind of kind of speaks to that too, even even now. So, um. You know, he he's he's one guy. You know, name me another guy that people are going to stand, at, you know, sit at, a, at a, in an arena and watch do an air guitar for five minutes. You know what I mean? Like it's just one of those things that he just has a charisma. He has a connection. People respect him. Um, yeah, total. He's he's a total package. He's he's total package. So we've got this Kenny Omega title defense against Ishii lined up. I'm assuming. Hiroshi Tanahashi will defend his briefcase against Jay White, who was the only person he lost to in the G1. So once we're through with those defences, give me a percentage chance that we will indeed get a main event of Kenny Omega against Hiroshi Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. I think 10 out of 10. I think... I, I don't That's think not any... percentage. Uh, well, give me a percentage. I'm sorry, my bad. My... Nobody told me there'd be math. Um... Uh, 99.99999% that you will have Tanahashi Omega at Wrestle Kingdom at the Tokyo Dome. Not pulling the trigger on the Ishii against Jay White then? Sorry. No, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put all my money on, uh, on Tanahashi and Omega. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. All right. So let's discuss the... B block final, which had an attendance of twelve thousand and thirty-two, it was another sellout. And 
I guess we'll just talk about the G1 matches. We started off with Toriano, who beat Tamatonga in five minutes after disqualification, after a whole load of shit with the Tongans coming in and shenanigans. Any more you want to say about this, or should we just move on? I, I, honestly, let's just move on. I think everybody's sick of us, kind of. They know how we feel. It's the same. Move on. <laughs> All right, and then we had Juice Robinson defeating Hiroki Goto in 10 minutes after the Pulp Friction. So this is a long-term story that's been building up between these two guys. We had Juice challenging for the title last year at New Beginning, I believe, and he also challenged recently, uh, I believe it was the Dontaku show, but could be wrong. And the first challenge at New Beginning... He was dominated. He didn't really get much in. There was no hope of him winning. And then in the Dontaku match, he came really, really close. But now, finally, in the third match in their trilogy, Juice Robinson gets the big win over Hiroki Goto. So what did you think about this? I liked this match a lot, actually. Um, yeah, I, and, and here's the thing, too. I think it's I think it's very telling for a guy like Goto, um, and, and I'll mispronounce it. I'll, I'll stick with the Americanization of Goto, um, to... You know, lie down for juice. I think that's very, uh, very telling, very, um, very interesting that a, that a veteran like that would do that. Um, and again, keep in mind his his juices and 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 Goto's story kind of even goes back even further, if I'm not mistaken. If my memory serves me correctly, there was a New Year dash where Juice, you know, kind of picked up a big win uh, in a, in a multi man tag match, and I believe he got the pin on Goto, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, that set up the challenge at New Beginning. Right, right. So, yeah, they do have a long history. Um, I thought the match was really good. I thought I think Juice had a very underrated um, G one. Again, if we're looking at points and you know where they feel he is in in the promotion and uh, and such, um, it might be a little disappointing, right? You kind of hoped he would have walked away. Like like when you look at the the entire spectrum of of where you know the wins and the losses and 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 who's challenging and how many t- you know it, it felt like the u.s title was uh definitely a backseat title right um with the amount of pinfall losses juice took um now he did he was able to kind of kind of play up that streakiness that that he you know has been known for in g1 where he picks up a bunch of wins picks up a bunch of losses and then finishes strong so, um, I like I, I again. I to me, there are two guys that had underrated um, performances, and even though one of them is probably more of a breakout than than the other, I still think they kind of flew under the radar. Um, and that's Hangman Page and and Juice. I think Juice had a solid solid G one um, match quality wise, and. I think you know what what you're looking at is a guy who is well on 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 his way to to kind of take even the next level. I think you know, given where he is with the U.S. title, um, I guess the next steps would be. I don't want to say it's a never because I kind of feel like the never and and the U.S. title are kind of of the of the same level. Um, do you think he's a guy that can that can make a leap to an intercontinental? I think so. Maybe not immediately. I think the problem is we've just got too many of these singles titles and they've put the Intercontinental title on ice. So I don't know if the prestige of the Intercontinental title is what it was you know, even six months ago. But 
I certainly think Juice has a higher ceiling than the US title. Um, I mean, I've had a few people ask me on Twitter, actually, what do you think is the ceiling for Juice Robinson? Do you think he has got potential to be a future IWGP heavyweight champion? No. No. I, I mean, I don't see it now. I mean, th- you know, things can happen two or three years from now and an angle and then he takes off and he's the hottest fucking guy in, in pro wrestling. I mean, seriously, you know, three years ago, four years ago, would anybody say that about Kenny Omega, right, where he is now? Probably not, right? They probably would say he's a solid mid-card or maybe even, a uh, you know, upper mid-card guy. And, you know, now he's, you know, arguably the hottest guy in pro wrestling. Um, is Juice that guy? Um, right now, no. I don't. I mean, right now, the ceiling for me for a Juice is, like you know, maybe tag team champion, right? Um, maybe, maybe, and, and I think this is a stretch right now, to be truthful, right now. Intercontinental is probably his ceiling. Um, and again, things would really need to change positively for that to, to, to make happen. Right now, I think he's, he is a very strong mid-card on his way to upper mid-card. But, um, but right now, that's a ceiling. But again, like I said, five years ago, would anybody have said Kenny Omega is the guy that's going to be you know headlining Tokyo Dome shows? And, and again leading an expansion for this company and and being the IWGP heavyweight champion? I don't think so. I don't think anybody would have said that. I've got a question here from Rory. He says, personal biases aside, I think we want him to stay. Juice's mission statement when he left NXT was to return a star on the level of Devitt, Kenta and Zayn. Were he to go back tomorrow to WWE, where do you think he fits in? That's uh, a good question. <laughs> um I I always worry about it. I, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, look, um, my my biggest fear is that a uh, uh, somebody look when you go to WWE, you have the opportunity to be instantly the minute your ass winds up on a Raw or a SmackDown, you have the opportunity to be more well known than probably you ever would have the opportunity to. Right, so. So that's that's the plus of of going to a WWE. The minus is is that even though you might be well known, your career has a very good potential to be lost in the shuffle, right? Um, do you think Gallows and Anderson regret going to WWE? Do you think? Uh, I mean, it, it, you can go down the history of that company. And guys who have gone over, and then they just get lost in the shuffle, right? They don't have anything for you, right? Creative has nothing for you. So um, my fear would be that that he would get lost in the shuffle, right? Again, there's only so many spots for the, the, for the people in that company that can, you know, really shine. There's only a handful of people that can do that. And everybody else is the same. Everybody else is 50-50. And everybody else is, you know, your titles and your wins and your losses don't mean anything. Um, now, look, if, if, if you want to go there and be a star, um, that's, that's where you're going to go right now, right? right? Now, things can change very quickly in the next year or so, right? But to me, if you really want to be a star, that's, that's where you go. 
Um, now, if you really want to be uh, a pro wrestler who who can, you know, see, I don't even want to say develop your character and, and, and be a better pro wrestler. I mean, you can do that there, but I think juice is beyond that point. Look, I think a lot of things are going to change in the next year in, in the pro wrestling landscape. And I think that, truth be told, I for the first time in as long as I can remember since maybe the 90s, is that there are viable options for wrestlers in a number two promotion. There's going to be a number two promotion quicker uh, than we all think, right? And I think that is a fantastic thing for pro wrestling. Um, a, a true place where pro wrestlers can make a living and be legitimate, looked in the eyes of as legitimate um, other than going to WWE for the first time in a long time. So um, I don't think it's necessary for a juice to say, okay, I'm going to go to WWE because that's where I'm really going to be, be somebody in the career that I've chosen. That option is no longer just one place very shortly. So um, I don't think he has to go there and get lost in the shuffle. I think he can stay. And and I would suggest that I think his up he has more upside not going than going. And that's really one of the first times I've been able to say that sentence con- confidently in many, many years. So uh, if I'm Juice, I'm sticking around for the long term because I think he has more of an upside there than than getting lost in the shuffle in another company yeah for what it's worth and backstage interviews he said he's never going back and i hope he sticks to that because i think if he does go back he just get lost in the shuffle and at this point wwe are not signing people to give them meaningful pushes and let them be creatively fulfilled it's just to stop other people from having them so right. i think it will behoove him to stick around in new japan even if he doesn't end up being a top top guy um, next match, we got Tomohiro Ishii defeating Sanada in 17 minutes after a vertical brain buster in an outstanding match. They worked it like it was the main event, and I guess this is heating up Ishii for his big title challenge. So, uh, did you enjoy this match as much as I did? As much, yeah, yeah. Again, MVP Ishii, right? Um, never disappointing. And Sanada as well. Yeah, yeah. A, a very impressive tournament. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I talked about Juice and I talked about Hangman Page. Um, you might want to put Sonata on that list too of, of guys who kind of flew a little bit under the radar who had a really strong tournament. Um, dare I say, you know, even more of a breakout than than even we expected. Great match. Um, I, did, I mean, not five, but I'm going, you know, low to mid fours. Right, I went low to mid fours on this. Um, he's just he's just an amazing pro wrestler, Ishii. Uh, um, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he consistently does it. Um, <laughs> I don't know how his body holds up. How he can walk to the ring. I want to see him in five years. I hope he's I hope he's able to walk, let alone walk to a ring. But we've said this for years. Um, and Sonata's got such an upside; it's unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, I went four. Like I went like four and a half on this four four and a half, um, but uh, yeah, another another outstanding performance, no doubt. And then a semi-main event, we had Zack Saber Junior defeating Tetsuya Naito in eighteen minutes with the Zack Driver. I love this match. I oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. 
There's a great opening where Naito's undressing and Zack's calling him a stripper. And Naito just winding him up, trolling him by running away. And Zack just losing his call. He was having a little tantrum outside and kicking the barricades and just really losing his head. And then Taka having to calm him down. And then just the little spots like when Naito did his tranquilo pose and then Zack immediately launches into an armbar after grabbing his arm. That was excellent. And mm-hmm. then Zack mocking the tranquilo pose afterwards when he had Naito in a submission hold. And this whole tournament, we've been building up the back, uh, Zack driver and he's never actually used it in the G1 matches. But finally, he does and he does it and it eliminates Tetsuya Naito from the G1 and actually put Zack level on points with Omega, Ibushi and Naito. So what I've loved about these Zack matches, they've all been a bit different. And now he can win with his submission holds. He can win with the flash, uh, the, the European clutch pin. And now he's got the Zack driver as well. So any three of those moves I buy as potential match winners. Um, so what did you think of this match? Fantastic. It, you know, barring the, the main event, um, I one, I think this entire show was really solid, right? I think this is one of my favorite shows top to bottom. Um, G1 matches, right? Between this, Ishii, um, and, and Sonata, Goto, Juice. I, I love the definitiveness. I love a definitive win. I love a win with an exclamation point. Um, especially when so much was on the line, right? Like, it could have. This could have very easily have been, and I don't think anybody would have questioned it, or would have challenged it, or would have had a, a major issue with it. And I won't say if this was a slip on a banana peel type win, but if there was some kind of chicanery, some kind of fuck up, some kind of something, I wouldn't necessarily say nonsense. Go so far as to say like a folly, you know, you know. G.O.D. nonsense thing. I want to go to that extreme. But something that was a little amiss to cause Naito to lose. I don't think anybody would complain about that. This was a exclamation point win, right? That w- It was a definitive, solid win. You know, Destinos and countering the Destinos and then, yeah, the 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 the, the Zach driver that he that he that he takes out of his back pocket, you know, for for matches, he's been getting you know his submission wins and his tap out wins and his um, creative pin you know you know combinations of, of of cradles and 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 bridges and then a big like 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 we talked about like when we talk about our favorite moves you know a big a, a big man type power devastating move to knock out a guy who you know was fighting for his G1 life that everyone kind of assumed not everyone kind of assumed but a lot of people assumed that would would be in the mix come in the finals like he had to win going into that match he had to win to at least stay alive and I think a lot of people were thinking that were the case and um, there were a lot of disappointed people but love the match I, again, I love the definitive win um, for Zach. I thought that was really um, made that match even more exciting. And throughout this G1 tournament, we've had Zach losing to guys that he previously beaten in the New Japan Cup. 
So Sanada got his win back. Ibushi got his win back. So I thought Naito was going to get his win back here, but he didn't. So that was a nice change there. And I just found the finish of this really heartwarming where Zack had this big smile on his face and then his mentor Taka comes in and they're hugging each other and rolling around. I just, yeah. I found it really lovely. Yeah, me too. So I know, I know that too. And here's the thing. That, 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 the, again, the one thing that appeals to me so much about Zack is that he seems like a real person, right? Like his, his expressions, his emotion in the ring, the fact that he gets pissed off and he gets frustrated when things don't kind of go his way. And again, the pure jubilation that he had on his face when he got that win, because he had mentioned that like his goal at this point was to knock out Naito because he fucking hates him. He thinks he's a piece of shit. I I love, again, the thing that connects me most about a lot of pro wrestlers is the realness of them, The, the, the fact that they're real human beings with real emotions that people can relate to, and they're not just grunty, just, you know, silliness. Uh, there, there is something that to be said about that. So I agree with that 100%. And the main event, we had Kota Ibushi defeating Kenny Omega in 23 minutes with a Kamagoye. Now, I went back, I watched their m- match that they had in DDT, the previous one at the Budokan with the infamous moonsault off the balcony. So I wasn't really sure what to expect here, given that they got the whole Golden Lovers thing going on. I thought, are they, they going to be reluctant to lock up and uh, reluctant to hurt each other? Uh-uh. I thought this was so good because you've got the story here that these guys love each other, but they're prize fighters. They want to win, first and foremost, and they know exactly how tough the other one is. So they go in hard, right from the bell, because they know anything less than that, and they're going to end up staring at the lights. And they just beat the piss out of each other. And it was almost sort of nauseating to watch the way that it escalated with these increasingly dangerous spots and dropping each other on their heads and... Uh, even having said all that, it felt like that they were holding something back, that they had left something in their locker for a future matchup, which is what made me convinced that Ibushi was going to win the final, but obviously he ended up losing. But this was some match, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, here's the thing about those dangerous spots, is that those dangerous spots somehow... And and trust me, I, I I'm I'm almost afraid when it does happen, and it will happen eventually. Like when they tease even more dangerous spots, right? When they're teasing, like I'm going to you know give them a fucking one winged angel to the floor, right from the top rope, you know, it's that's kind of shit that had you on the edge of your seat. I hope they're uh, not listening to this because they probably actually go and do that. I look again, you know, you're going to see something crazy like that. Like they're going to the envelope is constantly being pushed with these two. Um, and, but again, the, the spots that they do already do are highly dangerous and will get you out of your seat. And like, holy shit, you know, uh, at your TV or your computer. Um, but it, then it's even more so it's those spots that they tease that they're that they're setting up you know on top ropes and shit that you're like oh my god they're gonna fucking die um and I, I can't tell you how many times you heard that from the commentary team you know oh my jesus christ they're gonna die um i mean that one i mean i don't even know what it's called but the, from the top rope power bomb kind of thing that abushi did to kenny that like the backwards you know power well, i can bomb. tell you what that one is okay. i know exactly what this one because uh voices wrestling 
contributor Kevin Wilson is the expert on this stuff. Uh, it was actually an Avalanche Tiger Driver, also called the Tiger Driver 01, which was debuted on July the 27th, uh, 2001 on Jun Akiyama. Wow. Okay. Well, good work by by them because uh, I was just like, that's just that. I, I would call that move death. <laughs> I would call that, I would call that move uh, six feet under is what I would call that fucking move because that was and and Kenny just hit the back of his fucking head. Oh, that was that was just brutal. And again, the strikes, the kicks, the V triggers, the 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 teasing of the one wing wing one winged angels um look we knew it was going to be spectacular we knew it was going to be great i don't think anybody was doubting that it was really a question of how great are they going to be um this was modern pro wrestling to me like where where tanahashi is your dramatic pro wrestler and will give you the drama that people crave in pro wrestling these two kenny and Ibushi are modern day pro wrestling, um, and 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 they just bring a, a level of excitement and danger and 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 uh, just athleticism and great storytelling as well um, in their pro wrestling style, and it's really kind of great that if you really think about it, going into Wrestle Kingdom is that's the story is that you have the dramatic version of pro wrestling with Hiroshi Tanahashi and you have the athleticism and 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 uh lightning strikes of Kenny Omega and you have these two different versions of pro wrestling both great both experts both top of the game in one match. To me, it's it's that's what the story is almost. Not the old guy getting redemption. It's new pro wrestling versus I don't want to say old pro wrestling, but established pro wrestling. More so than than that you that you would get with Okada and Tanahashi. Because to me, that was the story of old versus new. This or, or you know, you know, the, the the new person taking over the promotion, right? The new the new uh, ace, if you will. This is more of generational. This is more um, um, pro wrestling as we as they know it, and pro wrestling as the other person knows it. And that's the story to me. And that's what's going to be compelling about this match. Let me ask you this: yep. Do you, give me uh, okay? Given that Dave Meltzer has said that he thinks this MSG show, which we will talk about later. He thinks the MSG show will get a dome-level main event. Mm-hmm. Give me a percentage chance of the main event of the MSG show being Kenny Omega defending his title against Kota Ibushi. Uh, I'm going to say 60%. Here's why. Um, I'm not going to lie and sit here and tell you that I'm not worried about what's going to happen come this November, December, and January when it comes contract time. I don't know what this Madison Square Garden show is going to look like. I will say this, that it 
will be great. This is not going to be a War of the Worlds, Ring of Honor, New Japan type show where it's the Briscoes against Tanahashi and Jay Lethal. We're not getting that here, right? They they know they can't do that. I don't know. In my mind, they have to sign Kenny Omega. I, I really, truly believe that. Can the company recover if they lose Kenny and Bucks? They can. But the expectations of what this Madison Square Garden show is and and can be, a lot of that rests on the shoulders of Kenny Omega. And that makes him very – it, it puts a lot of the, the bargaining when it comes to his negotiations. Uh, a, a lot of – he's got a lot of leverage for sure. I don't know if they if they go with 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 a Bushi in the main event. They they could, and it would be great. I don't think it. I don't even think if Kenny Omega were signed that they would do Omega and a Bushi at Madison Square Garden. I don't know. I, I just they they could, and it would be great. And I wish they would, but I don't think they would. Um, but I think a lot has to do with what happens in November and December with this company. That's really going to be telling. We've just got a bit of breaking news here, actually, on the topic of Kenny Omega. Confirmed for All In. Let's have your instant reaction to this. Kenny Omega against Pentagon. Whoa. Wow. That's an interesting match. That's for fucking sure. Uh, huh. Well, I, I mean, that, that, that raises my interest level in, on a card that I was uh, somewhat lukewarm on. That's for sure. Uh, didn't somebody say that? Didn't somebody, did somebody mention that match to us and we hand waved it? And I was like, there's no fucking way that match is happening. I could have sworn that, but that happened. Yeah, quite, it was quite heavy speculation that that would be announced based on the people that have been announced for all in and the matches they've made so far. Yeah. So I don't think this is coming as that much of a surprise to a lot of people. A little bit to me though. I actually comes a little bit of, of, of a surprise to me. So, um, you know, if we want to put in a sounder anywhere around here. Hey, you guys want to hear a fun little stinger? Yeah! Well, too bad. Damon takes an L. Uh, took an L. Took another L. Yeah, I didn't expect that's That's actually great news. So that, that definitely makes uh, an, in a, again, a, a show where I was a little bit lukewarm on. And you know what? Speaking of which, I got offered tickets to go. I can't make it. I can't make it out to Chicago. Um, there was a Redditor, uh, a guy on Reddit, and I think a guy on Twitter. They were trying to get a hold of me for the longest time. Um, and I finally got back to him, and he, and he, and he offered uh, – he had free ticket. He was going to give me a ticket to go to, uh, to All In. I really appreciate that. Um, and I'm terrible with names, and I forget the names, and I don't have my phone in front of me. But um, I told him I would give him a special shout-out. So I, I appreciate it. Um, that was very kind, but unfortunately I can't make it to All In. So thank you anyway. All right, but that's good news. All right. Um, we we went five on this, right, Joel? This is a five-star? I went a shade below. I went four and three quarters because I think they were holding back. Huh. I think it was an amazing match, but I think they can do better. What do you want them to do? <laughs> Jump off of high places, Damon. <laughs> My bad. All right, all right, all right. Well, it's missing the-, the Shane McMahon touch. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Needed off a jumbotron. Uh, listen, they're a Budokan. They can't. They can't jump around in there. Uh, he'll get in trouble again. He'll get slapped on the wrist. I went five. I went five on this. Um, I think it was well deserving and an outstanding pro wrestling match. So, look, I uh, you know, to me, semifinal matches uh, on the show, great. Um, I, I, all the G one matches on the show were, were were fucking fantastic. And again, this one might be my favorite. G1 show out of all of them um, this year. So thumbs up all the way around for that show. Okay, and let's discuss Friday's show, which had the final round of A block matches. And we started out with Togi Makabe defeating Michael Elgin in eight minutes with a King Kong knee drop, which I thought was a pretty good match. It was a, a hoss battle. These guys, you know, landing all their big power moves on each other. I thought this was decent. Yep. <laughs> Yep, and that's uh, it. No. That's, that's all there is to say. <laughs> no, I thought it was really. Good. I mean, Elgin, had to, I think, had a really great tournament. I was a little surprised by the finish, but um, yeah, uh, Makabe, a, another guy who's who worked very hard. Um, again, if, if anybody's on the bubble, Makabe could be it. I, I would think if it was the last one, they would have made a bigger deal out of it. I would not be surprised to see him again next year. Um, and he hustled and, and did his best and tried hard and worked hard. And this match was, was, was that better than, better than even I expected. Let's put it that way. So, um, solid match, good stuff. Um, but I think, you know, Makabe might be on the bubble for next year. I speculated before the tournament started that I thought the lowest point tally would be six, and I was correct because everyone got six, but it seemed in a lot of these final block matches they were just trying to balance up the points there. And I think this was also the case for the next match, which was Yoshihashi beating Hangman Page in 10 minutes after Karma. And I thought Page started this match really brightly. He was throwing out all his big moves and the crowd was getting behind him. And then Yoshihashi rallied back and got the win in the end. It was, you know, for a guy who's been, I think, unfairly maligned in Yoshihashi, Again, I think he's had a pretty decent G one, and I thought this was a good match. He'll be back next year. I, I, I don't don't I don't want to hear the 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 the, 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 the disappointment and the, the eye roll. And, you know, he's he's going to be back next year. He had a solid tournament. Um, Hangman Page will be back. Um, you know, if you know contracts and all that. You know, I know he. It's it's a little bit later in the year that that you know. His contract is up with uh, ROH, if I'm not mistaken. So he'll be he, look. He he made a name for himself in this tournament. He you know he's 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 going to be he put himself in a real nice position. So um, he'll be back. You know if 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 he doesn't sign anywhere else, guarantee you he'll be back in G1. Yeah, and well, richly deserved. Yep. Uh, and speaking of someone who doesn't deserve to be in the G1, the next match. Minoru Suzuki defeating Bad Luck Farley in eight minutes after a disqualification. Um, I do have a question about Bad Luck Farley, which I will give to you instead of us moaning about it again. If Farley, uh, this from Nicole, who helps set up our Discord group, which I'll talk about later. She asks, if Farley and Tama were not part of the Young Lion system, do you think we would see Gado giving them these wins to balance out all the DQ losses? Feels a bit crappy to reward them with actually decent point standings in the G1, especially when compared to how Juice, a quasi-young line, is being booked. So what do you say to that? Um, Here's the thing. You know, we shit on Fale and we shit on 
Tamatanga. I mean, they're just doing what's being asked of them. So, you know, truth be told, if you're blaming anybody for finishes on, on disqualifications and all that, you know, you got to blame booking for that. Um, even with that said, though, it does feel like their performances were less than stellar, you know, doing what they needed to do to get to from point A to point B. Um, I don't know if the dojo system had really anything to do with it. Um, I, I just think that they're trying to make these these gentlemen as uh, unlikable as possible. Uh, and they're doing a damn good job of it. Um, I don't know if it's a good unlikable. I don't know if it's doing them any favors. I don't know if it's, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's the good heat that you're looking for. But um, no, I don't think the dojo's system had anything to do with that, or anybody's getting any necessarily any favors. Um, they're just trying to make them despicable, and you know, it's it's to me, it's not working. But I guess the jury's still out. And any thoughts on the Suzuki Farley match, which I thought was quite good, uh, a lot of brawling, but it's about what I would expect. My only complaint, apart from the disqualification shenanigans, Scampi, do you? Mu- Every time, Damon, he's, yeah. just, he's always trying to put himself over. That's okay. Excuse me for a moment while I forcibly remove him like the Bullet Club OGs were removed from the Budokan. <laughs> and yes. you can talk to me about uh, Bad Luck Fale against Suzuki. Okay, I'll, I'll take it from here. Um, yeah, look, I don't think anybody went into this match with high expectations. Um, you know, they, they talk about how Fale, you know, he... Lost his weight, which is always uh, a good thing, right? For health factors and all that. But he does not seem more mobile. In fact, he seems like he lost a step, and he also seems very awkward in the ring. Like his offense seems, dare I say, clumsy. Um, I don't know. There's, there's not, there's. There's not a lot of positives there. Um, I will say this. You, you you knew that you were going to get a brawl, and you got a brawl. Um, not much more to it. Uh, again, I'm looking for positives. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm digging around in this sea of muck, trying to pick out positives. Uh, Suzuki's chair shots, they were positive, right? They were laying them in there. Uh Look, I'm glad it's over with with them. Um, and, and again, I know we're going to see more. And I know I'm beating a dead horse with it, but it's it's just a matter of you know they're trying to get them to the point where they are despicable heels. And again, I just don't know if it's working well or not. Well, jury's still out. All right, you get what the cat I was going to say before yeah. I was so rudely interrupted is that El Desperado looked like a bit of a fool in this match, whilst yep. the uh, Bullet Club guys were ganging up on Suzuki, and he was just. Flapping around by the ringside trying to get the referee to look. That was silly. Um, anyway, next match we had King of Darkness Evil spoiling the party for Switchblade Jay Wyatt by beating him in 11 minutes after the uh, Everything is Evil finishing movie. It sounds really weird saying that. I thought this match was a bit disappointing. Yeah. And I've got to say, Evil has been a bit disappointing in this G1 overall. Hmm. Is he getting your lowest marks? Disappointing? I think he might be. When we do our scorecards at the end, our report cards, he is not going to be getting a good one from me because he really stood out in last year's G1 and I thought he was going to push on. 
and cement his place as being on that bench. You know, one of the the young up and coming guys ready to take the mantle and, and press in and start challenging that top four. And he was in a block of guys where he was, I think, well positioned to do that. But I don't know. None of his matches really left a, an impression on me. And yeah. his stable mate Sanada seemed to steal the spotlight. Obviously, he had more talented people to work with, but Evil let me down a bit here. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm hard pressed to, to have a Evil match that will stick with me, right? For for the after this tournament is over. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a fair criticism. I, I, here's the thing. I remember the year previous where everybody was like, "Oh, this is going to be Sonata's breakout year," right? We talked about it on uh, Purecast how it was going to be, you know, Sonata's breakout year, and this is the year. And it really, it was Evil that that kind of took that mantle and ran with it. Um, this year seemed flip flop, right? Um, so yeah, I think uh, well, we'll give our scorecards, but I'm, I'm I think I'm on the same page as you with this. With uh, with evil, we'll see. All right, uh, what else we got here? Were you surprised that Evil won this match and Jay White was eliminated before the main no. event? No, because here's the thing: it's his first G one, right? And I know that they're 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 making him a, a he's going to be in the mix for years to come. Don't worry if you're a Jay White fan; he's going to be in the mix and high up in the mix for years to come. Um. But no, it was, it was his first year, so um, you knew he was going to be relatively in the mix this year, but not a finalist. No, I didn't have him pegged as a finalist. I think it kind of it kind of felt like he was where he should be. No, I I I wasn't that surprised, and um, not I wasn't even surprised that Evil picked up the win. Um, people needed to be eliminated by this point. We had to find ways to get them out of the mix. So that we can free them up for people to go on. Um, I, again, people always are look, looking for the fresh face and the new star. And and um, again, I think the theme of this podcast today is patience. Um, you, a lot of people, this is your first G one, and or maybe your second one, and it's kind of like okay, you kind of get a feel for what New Japan does, and then and and sometimes and maybe maybe to a fault. Maybe to a fault, they do go with establishedness as opposed to breaking out new stars, um, and and you can kind of see that up and down, um, you know, the entire that the entire run. You know, um, Jay White will be in the mix though. Have patience, but no, it, it kind of felt exactly where I felt like he was going to be. I, I got one thing right in G One, that's for sure. Okay, and the main event, we had Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazuchika Okada going to a 30-minute time limit draw. I gave five stars to this as well. This feud, their series of matches is just some of my favourite things in wrestling, and it's so different to what we got the night afterwards with people you know, dropping each other on their head and doing these dangerous spots. There was very little that was dangerous in this match, and it was very heavily story-based, and like you mentioned earlier, Tanahashi is just a master at telling these stories. It started off quite slow-paced, as Tanahashi and Okada matches often do. But the story here, previously in their Dontaku match, it seemed that Okada has left Tanahashi in the rearview mirror. That's it. He can't keep up with him anymore. He's the faded ace, and Okada's the rainmaker. But 
this was not the rainmaker. This was broken Okada. And Tanahashi surging. He's got 14 points. He only needs to draw to get through. And he just dominated Okada and was taking him apart, taking his legs apart. And the way this match kicked into gear later on was just spectacular. Even the opening moments of the match where they went through a, a sequence of about two minutes where they couldn't hit each other because they knew each other's moves so well. It's like two dance partners and they know all the steps off by heart. And then as we pushed on later on into the match, we had little callbacks to the previous matches they had. And the way that the Dontaku match finished, where Okada uh, Tanahashi manages to break the wrist control, which has been the iconic moment of their feud and the Wrestle Kingdom 10 match. And Tanahashi finally manages to break the wrist control and he turns around and his moment of hubris and triumph and he thinks, yes, finally I've beaten this guy. But Okada's grabbed him by the trunks and he doesn't realise and he gets pulled back and hit with a Rainmaker. Just one Rainmaker, that's all it took and he was beaten. But in this match, Okada tries to do it again. He grabbed him by the trunks again but Tanahashi knew it was coming. So he turned around and slaps him full in the face. Now, Rainmaker Okada would have eaten that slap and still held on. But this broken Okada, he broke. There's no other word for it. He just crumpled to the ground after one slap, and that was it. He was done. And he didn't even manage to land the Rainmaker, not even once. He did his discus kind of Rainmaker Lariat thing, but it wasn't the proper Rainmaker. And I just did the drama of the final few minutes and the final few seconds where he hit that high fly flow. And there's about 10 seconds left on the clock. He doesn't even need to win. Yeah. He could just step out of the ring now and let the clock play out and he would win the block. But that's not enough for him because he's a proud man, the ace, and he wants to believe that he's still the ace. So he goes back up for that second high fly flow and then Okada kicks out. And then the time limit goes up and we still don't know who the better man is. If it had gone another five minutes, maybe we'd get an answer to that. But the fact that this match ended with Tanahashi on top and it made you think, yeah, had this gone on a bit longer, Tanahashi would have beaten him. It was just so rich, such compelling drama. I was on the edge of my seat for this one. You know, I was thinking when he went for that final high fly flow, oh, no, don't do it. He's going to reverse it or he'll move out of the way or something's going to happen. It was just... It's just tremendous stuff. I ha I can't praise this match enough. It was just magical. Yeah, five stars. Yeah, look, uh, it, what's what's amazing is that you you it, and you nailed it in the sense of you know Tanahashi still can't get a win over Okada, but yet still found found a way to win to do what needed to be done to win to move on to the finals. So you still have this whole story arc of you know Tanahashi still. Even with Okada being the the, for lack of a better term, the broken Okada, um, still not really getting the three count, not getting the pinfall, and that sequence that you talked about, where you know he he goes up, uh, hits a high five, high fly flow, um, and there's still a little, couple seconds left on the clock, and yeah, he could have let it run out, and he climbs to the, the the ropes again to hit another one, and trust me, in the back of my not even the back of my head, but the all over my head, the, the thought was, oh my God, he's going to go up, something's going to happen, and Okada's going to get the pin. And just because he needed to get the definitive win, he's going to blow it. And I think even Kevin Kelly was selling that 
aspect of it of just get out of the ring. You don't have to do this, right? You don't have to climb the ropes and they hit another one. Um, but again, the story being told of time running out, uh, I was a little surprised that they, they went to that again, right? Uh, they went to that 30-minute draw again. Um, Okada was pretty infamous for his title defenses throughout the uh, the historic run of, of really going distance, right? You know, very rarely you weren't seeing 10-minute matches. You weren't seeing 15-minute matches. Um, so, you know, some of that might very well be that, you know, he's a guy that doesn't quite get his engine started.